Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. I'm Beck. I'm Siri. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey guys, Ashley here from Team Serious Tri Club. In tonight's episode, Beck talks all about how best to break the five-hour mark in 70.3, discusses what your reschool time should look like based on last season, how to achieve those reschools, and some of her best key swim, bike, and run sessions that you should be working on in your off-season. Hope you enjoy it. Happy 2023! Woohoo! Happy New Year, everybody. A couple of days late. But it is 2023, and I'm very excited. We have a couple of new athletes. I have a couple of my own new athletes on board with some big goals this year. Um, And I would love to hear from you if you have some big goals time-wise or achievement-wise or just even getting through a race that you may have set your goals on. Let us know. I'll wait a little bit for people to get on. But tonight we're going to talk about uh, training in the off-season, and we can move into a little bit of... Um, planning for the race season as well but training in the off season so um, very excited here first live chat of the month and I miss Annette Miller thank you so much Um, first live chat of the month we're going to be doing the live chats just once a month now Um, we're going to bring on some expert guides throughout the month as well but the my live chat will be every Monday the first Monday of every month um, at five east or seven east or five mountain time so this time first Monday of every month so let me know what your plans are. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, let me know if you have any goal times because I've talked, my athletes, we don't always talk numbers, but this year I decided it does work really, really well. Specifically, it has for a couple of athletes last year where we come into the season with a new goal. And that might be for one of my athletes, Carrie, for example, her goal was to go under five hours. So she's a five hour 30 current PR-ish, 530-ish. And our goal is to try and qualify in her age group for world champs. And to do that, she's definitely going to have to go sub five hours. So our first goal was to go sub five hours this year for half. I'm just giving you a quick example. And our second goal is to qualify. So we set out and we worked out to go five hours. What approximately now races depend on, you know, weather and um, terrain and temperatures. But basically we worked out what she would need to do to go sub five hours. So if that's one of your goals or even sub six. Oh, Carrie, I'm talking about you right now, Carrie. So she'll she'll admit that we talked about like the goal times and I'm giving this is a great example, Kerry, because Kerry wants to go under five hours and hopefully qualify. Um, we worked out what she would need to do. And basically, if it's you um, and you're wanting to go sub five, we could talk about sub five and a half, sub six, but it's good to have these goals. So um, and jump in and you can add anything you want if you want, Kerry, too. So. Basically, right now, uh, for her swim, she's hitting around two minutes per 100. That's probably about the best cycle she could hit, which would be leaving on about two minutes. So in order to hit um, a sub for her current time is about a 40, 45-minute swim, we need to get down to the 35-minute swim or even the 30 in order to get out with the quickest girls in her age group. So say we wanted to hit about a 30-minute swim, two hours 45 on the bike, and the run of about 140. And then we need five minutes for transition. That's just on the five-hour mark. So in order to do that, she's going to have to swim 2100s under 140 per 100. So leaving on maybe 140, 145 cycle. Now, remember, you've got your wetsuit and it's open water. It's going to be a little quicker. But that's our goal, to get her by the end of the year, to get her 
2100s leaving on a 145 cycle coming in on at least quick as quick as 140 now when i talk about coming in on 140 that means she hits the wall in a minute 40 or better she only gets five seconds five seconds to leave and that's going to get her around hopefully if she can swim a 135 140 that's going to get her probably to a 30 35 minute swim quicker than a 32 minute swim for sure for the bike um I don't always love to talk numbers, but to ride two hours 45, you're gonna to have to be hitting 3.5 watts per kilo, and you're gonna be able to have to hold that for close to an hour, or maybe towards 3.6 for a 20 minute FTP-ish, okay? So say she's 60 kilos, she's gonna to have to hold 60 times 3.5, which is about 210 watts per kilo. If we're talking numbers, it's very hard to gauge the bike. The best way for me as a coach who doesn't see the athletes all the time is to look at FTP because that's the best way to see improvement. So right now she's probably only at around a three watts per kilo. It's going to be a big ask, but I think we can totally do it. Um, so that's about 10 minutes off her bike time. And then for the run, um, she's pretty casual in the run. Usually she can go much quicker than two hours and Carrie will tell you this. I think we hit 150 for our fun half marathon just a week or two ago. So we're going for sub 145, around 140 mark. For that, we're going to go to try and hit eight one milers at eight miles an hour or seven 30 minute mile pace. If we can do that, eight to 10 of one milers at eight miles an hour, which is very doable, maybe even 8.3. We, we need to push it a little bit. You gotta go quicker than what you wanna hold. Um, eight one milers at say 8.3 miles an hour or seven 15 mile pace, which is definitely doable. So you could probably do that right now. Then the stronger you get on the bike, the better you're gonna run off the bike and be able to achieve that goal and achieve your, um, what you're capable of for the run. So that's our goal for the run. So, and it changes based on obviously your times for five hours, 36 hours, if you just want to finish, but that's our goal times. I did the same with my awesome athlete Cole today. We have some good goals. His goal is to go sub 35 in the swim, sub 230 on the bike and sub 140 on the run. And his best right now is a four, is just on five hours, I believe. So we're going for a 445 or better this season. So it's all very exciting. Um, okay, so I'm gonna see what our, People are chiming in on here. Nancy plans to race a 10K open water swim in September. Ooh. Okay, that's a good goal. And while we're on here talking about races, um, Ash is going to be sending out on Thursday. Now, you guys who are on here and hopefully people who watch, you should all be getting your monthly bonuses. If you're not getting it, look for an email from syrianback.com. Everybody's been getting a monthly bonus between worth valued between at least $15, $25, $50, even up to $100. Some of them were off-season training plans. Some of them were key workouts. There's all sorts of um, – every month you guys are getting at least minimum $15 value, which is half of what most of you are paying for your membership. So probably closer to $25, $30 value. So this – the bonus this month is going to be um, something to do with an off-season type plan. I'm not sure 100% what we're giving yet, but it's going to be coming out Thursday. So there's a link to people that are currently paying monthly memberships to sign up if you haven't already for the ambassador package that will still grandfather at $349, which is, I think, $700 value, something like that, um, which includes a tri-club kit, like a race kit. You also get access to a discount for any other kit a full um, premium training plan and a year membership. So I think it works out to be um, three, I'm trying to think. It's over $700 value anyway. Um, okay, so just want to say, throw that. We're gonna send a calendar out on Thursday as well as that um, and a link to our merchandise store, um, our new kits, cycling kit, running kit, tri kit. Um, is amazing and very, very reasonable. 10% even goes back to the ranch. Um, I think the race, the $199 for a tri-kit, which is really cheap. Um, a lot of them are $250 or $300. So 
We'll add that to the Thursday email bonus. Look out for an email on Thursday if you don't get it. Look in your trash or email us because all of you should be getting the, the bonuses, the monthly bonuses. Um, hi, Trishy. How are you? Good to see you. We'll see you in very soon. Um, happy New Year, Nancy. Carries on. Yay. Trish, I had a goal time for the marathon of being under four hours 30. Next goal is to complete my first Ironman triathlon. Maryland, wow. Trish will absolutely help you with that. That's amazing. And I think 4.30 is a solid goal. That's going to be a really big goal, but I think you'd totally do it. Just as long as you get your nutrition right and you pace yourself. Um, what else? Karen, after Miami, I will start swim lesson and hopefully get a try. Yay! Karen, that's amazing. Okay, make sure you get a someone who's more prone to open water or triathlon swimming because I don't want you to be taught the wrong stroke because you're a clean slate here. So hopefully it's someone that's familiar with open water swimming stroke, not that long, slow stroke. Okay, Megs loves a new kit and my last marathon was 5.05. Okay, so I'd be going, yeah, 4.45. Under 4.45 would be a really good goal. 4.30 is amazing. I would... If you do that, that's incredible. I'd be so proud no matter what. Anyway, just finishing one is going to be unbelievable. Okay, my six one-milers today were under 10-minute mile. That's amazing. See, that's awesome. So once you know, guys, what your goal is and that you have to be um, – when you pick a goal time for a race, you have to be mindful that all the races are different. Some races are really hot. Some races are really hilly. So some races can be a lot slower than others. But – once you decide what your goal time is, that is um, do doable or even a little bit of a stretch, but it's um, within reach, then you have to work out what swim, bike, and run times you need to hit. Now, if you have that in mind and you want me to um, work that out for you, I can. Because, uh, you know, once you have those numbers, once you know you, once I knew I was hitting my, this is a crazy example, but hitting my 3,800s on the track, which is two laps of the track, which is half a mile, once I knew I was hitting 30 half-mile laps, um, in three minutes, which is 345k pace or 16k an hour, and I would get a 30 seconds uh, float for the sorry, a minute float for the 200. So I get a minute minute to recover jog would be jog float. So it'd be basically a 600 meters in. We were doing them in I think it was like five minutes. Um, sorry, <laughs> a kilometer in five minutes. So I'd leave every five minutes. But I could once I could hit the 345k pace or the three minute 800 pace, which I think is 16 kilometers an hour or 11 miles an hour, I knew that I was going to be able to run three hours easy. And I was doing it at like a low heart rate. And I knew once I had that down pat, which was most runs that we did on the track, I knew that I could run three hours off the bikes. And that was just how I gauged it, which, which is like just over four minutes, 15, I think. I was running 345s and I held like four 15s for the marathon K pace. So you got to have these time goals for sure. Some of you might just want to finish and that's fine as well. So, um, okay, what else, you guys? If you have any questions, I'm going to go into off-season training. Um, now, this goes for anyone racing kind of not until May, June. If you're in April, if you're racing in April, you've got about 16 weeks. So Galveston, I know, is April 2nd. So you've got less than 16 weeks. So for you guys that are doing early season races in April, um, your end of season, off-season is almost ending and you're going into the start of season now because you want a good four-week block. So be mindful of that. Um, if your races are more towards May, June, July or June, July, you've got six months, you've got like 24 weeks. So you've probably got another uh, four to eight weeks of off-season stuff. And off-season basically for the swim, um, most of you on here have either had our program or have been coached by one of us. You want to be doing a lot of strength, a little bit of speed with lots of rest, um, no high intensity, long intervals with short rest and no long race pace efforts. You can do short stuff. So 30 seconds, one minute, 
if you're going to do three minutes, do more strength stuff or lower speed work. Lots of rest, sprinkle in a little bit of speed like cadence work um, in the swim fartlek, a lot of strength in the pool, a lot of aerobic stuff, the same for the swim bike run. So one of my favorite swim sessions, I'll give you three swim sessions. So my favorite swim sessions for the off season is obviously fartlek I love. Fartlek is changing pace. It helps with getting on feet um, in, a swim, in the swim as well, but it also helps getting your heart rate up and down. And something like a 2000 fart leg with pool boy band to keep your stroke rate up, which would be like 25 fast, 75 easy, 50 fast, 50 easy, 25 fast, 75 easy, 100 fast, 100 easy. That's 500. We do that four times. That's one of my favorite sessions. Um, other stuff you would do um, in the off season for the swim, another good one would be strength sessions like band only, like 40 or even 60 or 80 25s, where you're doing build one to four, not three fast, one easy. You could do three fast, one easy, but have a little more rest like 20 band only, 20 pool, you'd probably start with 20 band only, 20 swim, 20 pool boy band, 20 paddles, something like that. So that's 80 of them, but that's a little much. Maybe you guys that are sort of on the two to three K swim sets, I would say you do 40 of them. Something like that is really good. And you want to build one to four, or if you're going three fast, one easy, you might do two moderate, one fast, one easy, something like that. Some of you, like Megan, who just swimmer, I have her doing stuff like three fast, one easy all the time. And you'll see that too in the off-season um, plans, but just be mindful that you want, can take a little more rest than you normally do on your cycle, like 15 to 20 seconds rather than 10. Um, another good swim is an aerobic strength swim or an aerobic long swim, like three 1,000s. Um, again, again, I use a lot of paddles in the off-season, but you also you would do one swim, one pull boy band, one paddles or one paddles band. Paddles band is great for strength. Um, they're great swim sessions going on to the bike three big ones well, definitely you want your easy aerobic trainer rides right and you can do them in a lower gear like you can do them at like 70 to 75 rpm two to three hours easy aerobic building up to even three to four hours in the off season um, watching tv um, and you might throw in something like a session with like that but add in say five by 30 second max power four minutes 30 easy Something like that, just to throw in some high-intensity VO2 stuff with tons of recovery, more than normal. Um, I'm trying to think of another session you could do. I like doing stuff like 20 lots of a minute hard, a minute easy, alternating with a minute big gear, a minute easy, but nothing crazy, nothing time trial, 20 minutes. You could do an FTP test just to see where you're at and test it, but I don't tend to like to do that until we're about four weeks into the season, into the starting the first race. Um but no long intensity, long hard efforts, like three minutes, six minutes, 12 minutes, nothing like that. Builds are good too, like a 12 minute build, eight minute build, four minute build, or just the last couple of minutes, so hard-ish, but nothing above race pace and nothing even anywhere really near race pace unless it's a build type thing. Um, and for the run, stuff like fartlek, again, like 15 seconds strong, 45 easy, 30 strong, 30 easy, minute strong, minute easy, three minute build, stuff like that. Uh, builds are okay. I think it's a really good time to do incline stuff. If you're going to do incline, doing a build incline, if you're not used to it, so go like 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%. Um, some of my guys might throw in, I think, Megs, you've got like five or six 30-seconders um, or one minute is at 10%, and that will be a very slow jog. The idea with the strength, especially off-season, is to not get your heart rate up too high. Um, and cadence work is also really good to sprinkle in. Like once a month, you might throw in some 20 seconds but be careful to build into that speed. You might do 10 to 15, maximum 20 times cadence works, like the turnovers, 20 on, 40 off. But you want to start it at just above a warm-up pace and only increase to like just slightly on race pace or above, nothing crazy. Or if you are going to go fast, like make sure you build into it so you don't hurt yourself. 
So they're kind of like key sessions that I include in the off season. Um, and then you have to be thinking about when your races are and when you start um, backdating, like you're, we kind of reverse engineer our training programs. So if someone's racing in June, we know we have 24 weeks and we back backdate from there. So Megan's asking when taking, talking about strength, can someone like, oh, talking about strength, strength too. Um, now is absolutely the time for anyone sort of 40 over. I don't think you need it until, well, 35. 30, you're young. You don't have to necessarily do strength work in the gym, although it would help. But if you're menopausal, especially or perimenopausal, um, women and men, they're not many perimenopausal, but men too, as we get older, as we get above the age of 30, we lose 1% of bone density and 1% of muscle mass every year. So from 30 to 60, you lose 30% of your bone density and muscle mass, which is crazy scary, but you can negate that as Mickey Willardin will tell you. You can negate that by doing um, big, uh, not sport specific, but weight bearing stuff. Osteo strong is a great example, but also specific stuff in the gym, like the heavy lifting that can help lean muscle and taking the right supplements like your um, BCAAs and your protein will help keep the lean muscle as well because we lose it a, a lot as we go through menopause and I'm going to have my mum come on here soon and talk about that. Um, and our um, ligaments and tendons become less supple and they become more, uh, they, they're just weaker. So I've got an Achilles nickel and I have to be really mindful to keep um, having my fish oils and my omegas and um, my protein and my chondroitin and anything like that helps with ligaments and tendons and niggles, especially perimenopause, which I am. And most of you guys on here probably are, um, or are menopausal or perimenopausal because it basically starts at 40 at the, at the latest, like you can start earlier than that, but it starts usually at 40, although series mum was 60. <laughs> um, so we have to just be mindful of starting to do strength work in the gym, which is be heavy lifting, but you want to build into it. So I would not be against, say I've got my athlete Megs on here. I would not be against her doing stuff in the gym, but with her knee, we're not going to do that because she's not long ago had some, some knee stuff going on. I'd just be a little careful with getting her injured, but you want to start with someone like the EC fit, very basic program or talk to Hugh Darnell or ask me, but you want to start really basic compound movements, which basically means body, um, proper body movement. So it would be like a lat pull down, a seated row, a chest press, um, a squat. For someone like Megan with a bad knee, we'd do a squat against a wall with a Swiss ball with their feet out at 90 degrees. So it's safe and protected. Lunges, I don't love, especially for people with knee injuries and knee issues. Like Megs, I wouldn't give you any lunges, but lunging if you have perfect technique. And even as you get above 45, 50, lunging can be really bad on the knee. So I don't always recommend that, but a V squat, squats, and just your general mobility stuff that you see, the one-legged stuff, the supermans, um, the one-legged rows where you're doing balancing, but all that stuff you can get from um, Aaron Carson. But you wanna start slow and then you wanna build that foundation over like a month and then you could go into the heavy lifting sort of after four weeks or so, but building that perfect technique first and that foundation, so. Okay, Megs, when talking about strength, can someone like swimming in sweatpants help? No, 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 we're not doing that. That's no, I don't think so. Mm -mm. I mean, you see swimmers use drag, the drag nets. I don't know, sweatpants, mm, no, nah, because then your body position's all different and your feet are dragging. Um, unless you're practicing for your life saving, I just, I just don't know that's a good idea. I think you're much better making it more swim specific. Like if you want to use the drag suit, they have the little drag suit that I, I don't even love that to be honest, because your body position, again, your legs are down. It's not good for the back or the body position or the shoulders, but stuff like, um, any buoy full of water, like put the whole thing full of water, like both sides, 
with the band um, and use stuff like that, but keep it at 25 so your technique's good because if you start doing 800 meters of that, you're going to lose your feel when you lose your technique. I band only after about 300, probably even less now, but I, after about 300, I lose my technique and I couldn't hold my legs up and my, my, I started to sink in it. But you don't, ideally you want to do 25s or 100s or once you start feeling your technique flop or drop, um, you kind of want to reset. So 25s are really good for that stuff like buoy, any buoy, the any buoy with the big plastic buoys, look it up, any buoy, fill it with water. If you haven't had it before, try it without first, but do half side full or both sides full with a band and just be mindful though of your lower back. So sometimes having the half full is usually enough. Full buoy of both sides full of water, pretty heavy. That's gonna be like two, that's two liters. So like two kilos, that's a lot. Um, the other one we do, Megs, that you might wanna try is the any buoy without water and a band and a towel tied around to the band. Start with a hand towel and then we used to add full towels, like full bath towels. You tie the bath towel around the band and then you have the buoy. You have to have the buoy to keep it up a little bit, otherwise you just sink way too much. We did some with towel and band, but you can only do 25s because again, your technique drops and you don't wanna have poor technique doing it. You wanna specifically use it for the strength. So hopefully that helps. Um, yeah, any other questions you guys? Cause we really are in right in the mix of the off season right now. So, and remember I'm here anytime not anytime, most time. just tag myself or Siri if you have specific questions for swim, bike, run or nutrition or anything, just tag us. Mickey Willardin is on here too, so you can always tag her for nutrition questions as well. She'll answer, but um, let us know if you have any questions. We are, I'm really excited because we're going to be sending out on Thursday with your bonus for the month um, and other links to the merchandise and stuff. Um, we're going to send out a calendar for all the races that we're planning on now here's some of them so we're going to do this is for us and some of the squad the squatters the serious squatters are doing it too so may 29th um we're going to have a team serious boulder boulder it's a 10k it's not us it's called the boulder boulder siri won it like years ago 20 years ago so it's a 10k on the 29th of may we're going to make that an event just for the club um Ash also has March 26, a 10 and a 20 mile run, if anyone's interested in that in Massachusetts. She has June 10th, an open water swim. We'll send all this to you on Thursday in a calendar. That's gonna be another, so her, they're her two team events in Mass. And then we're planning a camp around June, July, not here in Colorado, in Massachusetts, um, because just because of facility wise, and sometimes it actually has snowed in June before. So we're going to plan doing um, maybe one, maybe a tri camp in Massachusetts. If not, if we do, we may do it in Boulder, but we, she would love to do one there. So we'll see. Um, and then um, another key race will be a sprint try on May. This is all out of order. Sorry, will be a sprint try on May in May. We've got a sprint triathlon um, in her areas in Amesbury as well. So very exciting, very very exciting. So we have events basically almost every month for the team that we can do. Yeah. I think it would be fun in mass. I agree. My heart rate was 108 at the end of my one. Whoa, Trish, Trish, how old are you? Just what's your age? Because 220 minus your age is really not a great way to work out your max heart rate because my max heart rate is about 175. And at my age, should yeah, it's probably close. But 48, yeah, that's really high, Trish. Holy cow. I don't know where you read. Pretty fucking high, excuse me for swearing, but I would be surprised that it would be that high. Um, 
135. Okay, so you're using a chest strap or you're using the um, grip on the treadmill or a Garmin? Because as you guys know, radial pulse, radial pulse um, for the Garmin is very inaccurate. It's so inaccurate. It's usually 10, 15 beats off. So if you have a chest strap or you're using the ones on the treadmill, that's probably pretty accurate. But without a chest strap, it's not accurate. So 180, I was, I'm was. i wondering how much, um, yeah, so I don't know how accurate that would be, Trish. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's actually accurate. I think that's crazy for your age because your max would be probably not even 180. So for you to hold that, like, I'd be very surprised. 170 sounds definitely more like it, closer to 170. Um, and the chest straps I get it, they're so annoying. They're really, really annoying. So just so you know, like if you're going by just the um, the radial pulse, like it's pretty inaccurate, especially swimming, but even on the treadmill with the interference and stuff, you'd want to get like, you probably want to get a chest strap. Honestly, the best way to do it, you guys, is manual. Like count it, like count it for 15 seconds, like one, two, three. Count it for 15 seconds times it by four. That's going to even get your pulse even quicker because often even this chest strap will take a few seconds to, you know, to clarify what the heart rate is. So, yeah. So, okay, so it's even running on the track. Like sometimes the Garmin or whatever you're using to track your heart rate will pick up your steps. Like as you go faster, it's going to be like, like I bet your cadence was probably 180 and it's probably picking that up. And when you stop and wait like a few seconds, it's probably more accurate when you're stopping, but it can pick up your, um, your actual pace of your feet, your hit, feet hitting the ground. Like I have a look at um, Runner Jeep's post, Mike Trees. He did a whole graph on, um, all different watches using radial pulse and then using the chest strap and how inaccurate it was. So I would say, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that it was not 180. Like that scared the hell out of me. Like that's heart attack material. No, it's not heart attack material because you're fit, but that's just crazy scary for your age. I would not be pushing that hard. But it obviously shows you have a very high pain threshold and you know how to push yourself because that's insane numbers, even for 48 years old. Like that's insanity. I think the highest I've seen my heart rate ever probably last year was 163. I have trouble getting it up because of my aerobic fitness, but um, it'll go down, Trish. I'd love to see what it, what it is when you keep conditioning here with your aerobic conditioning in about three or four months. I'd love to see what it comes down to because um, I think it could come down. Like you want to actually be able to get that down maybe at least 10, 15, 20 beats even. So I think that would be a good goal. But you only get that from running hard like this. It's going to bring your aerobic conditioning up and it's going to lower your heart rate because you're just going to get fitter. So kudos to you for being able to push that hard. That's insane. That's insane. Um, how long should we train easy zone one? Okay, so hi, Merle. We don't use zone one, zones two. I have an exercise science background and I understand zone one and two, but we don't really use that. Um, but it's fine if you do. It's not how Siri and I coach, only because, um, especially for newbies and even athletes that have been training for a while and, you know, are working on heart rate zones, it can change so much as you get fitter, as you know, it changes, especially under our programs, especially for newbies. Even people that have been conditioned athletes, like with the specific work we do, your heart rate zones can change five to 10 beats. So, and as you get older, it changes a lot too, because your, your max heart rate will drop one beat per minute every year. So, so you're, you might've had your, your, um, unless you've had a really recent fitness test, it's probably not that accurate. Like I mean, recent within the last year. So we don't really use zones. Um, but I would say this is why it's so important to listen to your body. Like zone one, two for you, I guess is good. It's easy training. And I would say you want your heart rate at like very, very low. Like after COVID, I would say, I don't know because I haven't had it, but what I usually recommended with my other coaches, with athletes that have had it, 
um, and some of my guys, like, it, it all depends. It depends if it went to your chest, if you're having trouble breathing. That's why RPE and listening to your body is so important because you might, I don't know, you might be in zone two or feel like you're in zone two, yet you're working way harder than you should be or you just can't breathe very well. So, and then you get, you know, depressed because your numbers are so bad or your speed's low. Like, I just think you should be especially now getting rid of it and just listening, taking your pulse every now and then, but really listening to your body because for COVID, it can be four to eight weeks of easy training. Like at least you would have hopefully have had the two weeks off with COVID. Two weeks, very, very light, like low, 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 low heart rate. You could do strength stuff, but low heart rate, no intensity. So that's four weeks post-COVID and then slowly take four weeks to build back into it. So that's like eight weeks. And that would be um, given that, um, believing that, I would only recommend that if you have had, after the four weeks, you have no trouble breathing, you have no phlegm on your chest anymore, you have no coughing episodes, your lungs feel better. Like if you're at eight weeks and you still can't breathe and you're having trouble breathing, then you still have to listen to your body because it's struggling and oh, COVID sucks. It can take weeks to get rid of it. So I would say, listen to your body and let that be the guide mirror for sure. And I know you do, cause I know you, I know you do, you're a smart lady. So listen to your body and I would, I guess it is important to keep the heart rate low. But the thing is that being in a conditioned athlete, you should basically know what your heart rate is. like. I, even after just a few years of training, and it's good to use it to know what it is, but I, after a few, even just a couple of years of training, if you've done it for more than a few years, then you will know exactly what your heart rate is but without even having to take it. And that's um, that's pretty cool that you could do that. So that's why it's so important to listen to the body. So you should hopefully know, and again, when you're fatigued and gone through COVID, sometimes your heart rate's higher than it feels. And it will be, but you should basically all of you guys, um, when you're healthy, should know what your heart rate is at certain paces, certain speeds without even having to take it. You should know to learn and feel your body. You should just know. So yeah, Nancy, I had COVID a month ago. I'm just starting to feel like, feel like pushing in. Yeah, that's perfect. That's four weeks. So yeah, it's a hard one. And because I haven't had it, I can't really say, but, um, some people I, well, I might have had it, but it was three or four days of a just mild cold, but some people had hit it really hard. Some people's went to their chest. Some people had struggle breathing. Some people just got it for, you know, a runny nose for a couple of days and that's it. So it all depends on how severe your symptoms were. And I, I feel sorry for people that had all their boosters and then still got so sick because I may have had it like last year for three or four days. I did the test and it was negative, but I, had, I lost my taste and everything, but I barely had any symptoms. Um, I was really lucky, but some people are really struggling to get back. Like my mom, it's, you know, huge struggle for like two years she was probably one of the first people to get COVID only three years actually and she still struggles so I think you just have to be really smart yep all right you guys so if there's no more questions I'm gonna say good night and please look for your Thursday email for the calendar the link to the merchandise we can still order online now um our new merch store we're not using base anymore we're using um another company in Europe um, because they are offering to donate a percentage back to our nonprofit from the sales. And that's what tipped me over the line. Sorry, Megs. I know we love Matt, but Matt, we're using for the serious squad stuff and for the marathon and stuff, but for the try stuff, um, they offered much lower price, the same quality, if not better. And, um, they already do all of the, um, 
what's that televised series the top pro series oh my god i've forgotten the name but they do the top pro triathlon series on the circuit so they're really good quality kits um so we were using that company because they're donating a percentage back to our nonprofit, um and the um and we make a small percentage off that so and the and the cost of them is a lot less it's european and the european dollar is really weak so it's much cheaper for you guys like a tri kit for 199 is like insane like that's really really cheap if you look at all the prices so okay yeah the marathon shirts are amazing i love their singlets yep and the, and this new company doesn't make try um run singlets so we'll still be getting run singlets from base matt did a beautiful job of those all right you guys so i'm gonna say goodbye um have an amazing 2023 and over and out for now. Um, let us know if you have other questions, just post them up. Okay, bye guys. Thanks for joining us on the Beck and Siri Show. Be brave, be you, shine on.